welcome to the way of the womb podcast my name is beck i'm your host and i'm a trauma-informed holistic birthing doula womb worker and earth lover i am here to support you and all womb owners whether that's through your monthly cycles and navigating the everyday or whether that's to support your journey through the rite of passage of pregnancy and birth my passion is to support souls to come home to themselves so you can connect back to your innate power, your intuition and the wisdom of your body so you can feel empowered and live your truth. On this platform, we will be discussing periods, pregnancy, plant medicine, birth, trauma, mental health, spirituality, earth to body connection and everything in between. This is a place for conscious souls to gather so that together we can heal, thrive and live authentically, unapologetically as ourselves. This is the Way of the Womb podcast. Hello, I am here with a solo episode and just to set the scene a bit, I have just moved into my new house in Glastonbury. And I am on a main road that runs by the white and red spring, the sacred water springs in Glastonbury at the foot of the tour. So it sounds like I'm on the hard shoulder of the M5 sometimes. So you can hear all the vans and lorries going past. And I feel like it's like the ultimate test of being in Glastonbury is trying to find that stillness amongst the chaos. So it's a it's a good teaching. And I am recording this at the beginning of November. I'm not sure yet when I'm going to release this podcast episode. Because I have been a bit MIA. I have been away from the space, away from Instagram for a little while now, probably about six months. I've been having a much needed rest and break from being in the social media world and sharing myself, my energy, my journey and also that also meant sharing my message and I have still been in the birth room, I have still been supporting birth workers and mamas and families behind the scenes Um, just yeah there's an element of oh I haven't been doing any work because I haven't been on Instagram which is like that classic story So yeah, I'm not sure when I'm going to release this podcast episode because I'm not sure when I want my journey, this this part of me, to be shared out into the world and I haven't spoke about my journey yet on Instagram, I haven't shared where I've been and what I've been up to and what's been happening, but there's been a lot, (laughs) there's been so much, oh my god. Or oh my goddess, I should say. I'm really trying to change my language and say, oh my goddess, if I need to say anything like that. Yeah. So I am currently in my second trimester of pregnancy. So it has been... It's been wild. It's been so crazy. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah, it's been really such a journey and 
I'm not going to go into too much of that today where I've been in the journey of getting here and how it's all unfolded, although it's a beautiful, emotional story that I definitely will share at some point. My main sharing is talking about the first trimester because holy fuck, holy fuck, let me tell you. If you've been and experienced the first trimester, you may know, you may not know. But if you haven't yet been pregnant, as I haven't, this is my first pregnancy. I feel like I was not prepared for first trimester. I was not prepared for, (laughs) oh, what that part was going to bring them first few months. And it's just really knocked me off my feet to be honest and really shaken my world as so much in the last few months has and yeah I just really want to come on to talk about it because you know I'm not saying anything I say in this podcast I don't you know I don't believe this is going to be everybody's experience at all um you know it's subjective to each individual each pregnancy each baby of course. But the people I have spoken to that have been pregnant or who are pregnant and, you know, have passed their first trimester, which is, you know, the first three months of your pregnancy, of your gestation, have been like, yeah, fucking hell, it's hard. (laughs) And I'm like, I realise I don't know that much about the beginning of pregnancy. I know quite a lot about the end of pregnancy and about birth and about postnatal didn't know too much about the beginning of pregnancy. I know how about menstruation. I know how we make babies, um, as I hope most of us do. You know, the stalk drops us off. Um, no, like, literally. Oh, I did not know how I was going to experience, you know, obviously I'd heard morning sickness and, you know, a little bit emotional and there might be a little bit of bleeding and and nothing could have prepared me for the mental journey of the first trimester. So yeah, I just wanted to come on today to talk about it, to share about it and also for share about my journey anyway and would love to hear anyone else's journey and what their experience was, or is, but also, like, what's helped me in that first trimester, because no one's talking about it, man, or maybe they are, and I don't know where to look, or I'm not finding the right places, but it's, like, such an initiation, so, and, you know, I don't want to scare anyone either, it's beautiful, of course, but it is difficult, And, you know, in the difficulties is where we learn the most about ourselves and all of that, absolutely, on reflection now as I'm in my second trimester, I can see that and feel that and hear that, you know, in the first trimester, it was not, I couldn't quite grasp that, although I had an understanding that that would be the case, you know, when you're in it, you're in it. And so I started experiencing sickness around four weeks um and the only way I can describe the sickness I was really proud of myself with this description the only way I can describe the sickness was like being 
in a warm car after you've had a really heavy one, like hungover to fuck, being in a warm car on windy roads on a nine-hour car journey when someone is sat next to you in the car with the worst perfume in the world on. That is what the nausea has been like for me in my experience. And then there's this funny element of, you know, we hold this story in society or this norm that we don't tell anyone we're pregnant until we're 12 weeks. And I completely understand why people don't, you know, because this can be the part that potentially is where we're more likely to experience an early pregnancy loss. But I also feel like there's this story that we embody and believe that there's such fragility in our bodies and our babies. And we've got to remember that our bodies and our babies are pure instinct, survival, intelligence. So I don't, I know that it's more common to have an early pregnancy loss in early gestation in your first trimester up until 12 weeks. But also I don't fucking buy into that story either. I really feel like it's another way to disempower women. And so, yeah, I understand people don't, especially if they've experienced, you know, a few losses or an, a loss before. They might have resistance to sharing with people that they are expecting a baby to protect themselves and their grief and their space and, you know, to not experience conversations or, you know, people asking questions, be like, oh, how's baby, how's pregnancy? And, and they've actually lost the baby or anything at any point during the pregnancy, I completely hear that and understand they want to keep it to themselves and want to keep it safe and held. And there's an element of me that, you know, I want, it was so special to find out that news and to hear and feel that and be like, oh my gosh, my bleed's not here. Oh my gosh, my boobs are sore. Okay. You know, and that excitement and to get to share that with my partner, my beautiful partner and it's so beautiful to do that and then having this element of wanting to keep it safe and just between us and like this is ours like this is our secret because you know as soon as we start expressing it and sharing it with people or the world around us we open ourselves up we open our pregnancy up to the world which can be really vulnerable but then on the other side on reflection for my first trimester I am like wow so many people go through these difficult, difficult months without the support of anyone around them because of this story or this norm that we don't tell anyone till 12 weeks. And then actually in them 12 weeks is where we need so much holding, support, love, reassurance. One of my clients actually said to me the other day, because I was speaking to her about my pregnancy and she just said being in your first trimester is like sitting with death where you go it's like that liminal you're only just stepping into that liminal space between the worlds which is pregnancy and it's like death comes and sits with you because you know it is like a slow transition of death for you and the person you are becoming and you are literally creating life and so for life to be created there must be the opposite as well there must be life leaving at some point. As is, you know, universal law or whatever, whatever you believe in. 
But that really resonated with me. I was like, oh my gosh, yes, the death of the maiden, almost. Even if you're already a mother and you're becoming a mother again, you know, it's like a layer game of, yeah, another depth of depth of self. So it was just really interesting to me to be like, oh my gosh, some women go through this without sharing it with anyone because, you know, you can tell your partner, you know, and if your partner is a man, like, you can celebrate that with them, but there's something about sharing it with women, sharing it with other womb holders that has another resonance, another holding, and... I was so blessed to be in Portugal, actually, when my bleed didn't come um, with one of my beautiful, beautiful dear friends and with her friend. And we were staying off grid in the mountains and I had such beautiful holding from them sisters. And it was like just being immersed in the feminine for a few weeks was just like that holding that I needed. And it was absolutely difficult to not be with my partner after, you know, knowing that we're pregnant and then not being able to celebrate that with him, but just to be immersed and held in that space that is women's space. It was so beautiful and so nourishing. And so I'm definitely going to go off on a tangent, which I already have, but I'm just going to flow with it because... It's interesting, I had so much resistance to coming on and doing this podcast and now I'm sharing with you, I, yeah, it just all feels so, so natural and really beautiful to be sharing this and documenting it as well, you know, for me to look back, I've been in my first, second trimester for a little while and already looking back, I can see that it's started to slip away, the remnants of the experience of the first trimester, which it does, of course, as to any difficult things we go through, we forget the severity of them when we've moved through them. So yeah, nausea was the biggest one for me to begin with and the breast pain. It was like a strange sensation that wasn't quite like, you know, sometimes when you're premenstrual, you're beginning to bleed and you get tenderness in the breast. It wasn't quite that. It was almost like when you bang your funny bone and there's like a uncomfortable kind of irritable pain but it's not painful it's really interesting I then experienced dreams oh my gosh my dreams have been crazy I guess it is that spiritual aspect of opening yourself up to you know, to spirit, to your baby's soul to come in. You are so open. You are so, are you a channel for for everything to come through? And so spirit and dream time has been an adventure every night to the point when waking up and being like, am I actually even getting any rest? Because <laughs> the dreams have just been like full power. And... All I wanted to eat was grapefruits, still, love an orange. Anything citrusy, salt and vinegar, citrus, lemon water. And I was being called to all of these things. And then it wasn't until afterwards I was finding out that actually they all can help stop nausea, which was really interesting because, you know, 
for years working in the birth in birth work, I've heard ginger this, ginger that, and I had ginger, but I went off it really quickly. So it was like, okay, what do I feel like? I was just listening to my body, listening to what it was telling me it needed. And it turns out that all of them things were actually helping and counteracting the nausea. So that was really interesting. So I would say just listen to your body. And I've had kind of, definitely had a bit of a fear around not wanting vegetables like I'm like get the vegetables away from me give me all the fruit but the vegetables need to leave me immediately like get away and then be like oh my gosh I'm not eating healthy am I gonna damage my baby and all of these stories and you know actually it's just another layer of leaning in and trusting my body and you know trying to eat healthy where I can and you know, to the point of like cutting up vegetables very small and putting them in rice and things like that. But of course, as we know, the pregnancy news and taste buds doesn't cut it, doesn't cut it. Unfortunately, it's like, yeah, it's like I can smell my partner's fart before he's even farted. Like we're talking next level, which is really interesting. It's, um, yeah, very interesting. And I mean, my breasts, they're fantastic. I'm not going to lie. They look fucking great. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I went and showed, like, when I went home to Liverpool and had told my family, I was like, to mum, look at my boobs. I was stood in front of the mirror admiring my boobs. And I was like, look at them. And she was like, oh my God, they look great. And I was like, I know. Carried on doing what I was doing, and she came back in. She was like, "Can I look at them again? They really are beautiful." And I was like, "I know." I was like, "Here they are." Oh, so we were both just there, admiring my boobs. And I was like, "This is great." <laughs> Whether they'll stay like that, who knows? But yeah, just so much respect for. Oh my gosh, the incredible things my body is doing right now, and all of them, all of the people out there, all of the people out there in the world, all of the people listening who are growing human beings like fucking respect respect your body is incredible you are doing the most important job in the world cancel any plans you need to cancel do whatever you have to do do whatever your baby needs you to do because your baby will call you to do all of the things whether that's rest whether that's exercise whether that's avoiding vegetables your body knows better than anyone as we know but what I didn't know so I knew this might happen knew my boobs would change I knew that I'd have aversions to food might have cravings for certain foods I knew I might get nauseous no one fucking told me that I was gonna have onion pits no one told me that my armpits would start to stink of onion I don't even like eating onion at the moment so yeah, that's been difficult. <laughs> I feel like I stink. All I can do is smell myself. Also, I, I can smell that my vagina smells different. And this is to do with the pH levels and, you know, the hormonal changes. But no one told me. No one told me. I didn't know that my vagina was going to smell different, that my armpits were going to stink of onion. And I'm sure not everyone, every pregnant person's armpits stink. But 
like, it's not like I'm not showering or wearing deodorant. It's just next level. Anyway, that's started to fade. Now I'm going to the second trimester, which is amazing. But in my head, I had this idea of how pregnancy would be. You know, for all the years that I've wanted a baby and dreamt about becoming a mother since I was a child and playing with dolls and babies and pretending to be pregnant and wanting a baby, thinking about it all the time, especially in my work, you know, being in that pregnancy and birth space. Of course, you see other women experiencing that all the time. And for me, it then made me think about my own journey, understandably. And, you know, I imagined it was going to be like this. And I was like long flowy dresses in meadows and beautiful baby bumps and healthy food. And oh, all of this, I probably won't experience nausea because I'll just be like, what does my baby need right now? And, you know, ground in and connect with my baby and have conversations with my baby as soon as I know they're in my womb. And all of this romanticised story that I had and some people do experience And that was not my reality. And I feel like I went through a process of grieving what I expected pregnancy to be and how difficult that was. Because in reality, a stank of onion. I wanted to be sick. I didn't even want to go out in the sun when I was in Portugal. I was like, no, get the sun away from me. I need cold things. I wasn't wearing dresses. To be honest, in Portugal, I was just walking around naked the whole time. So that was even better. But also what I was experiencing was so much fear, was so much questioning, questioning the pregnancy, which I never thought in a million years I would question. You know, we planned for for this baby. We intentionally made our baby and it's something I've always wanted and got pregnant and questioned it. Is this right? Questioned everything. Am I ready? Is this, you know, even questioned our relationship. Is is it right for me to be in this relationship? Is this right? And that was really, 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 really difficult part that then brought up so much guilt. I also felt a lot of resistance to and difficulty connecting to my baby. It wasn't like a... I'm pregnant, okay, let's meet. You know, there was there was a blockage there, I guess you could say. There was, that connection wasn't there immediately. And the guilt that I felt from that already, being pregnant for weeks and feeling guilt for not being able to connect to my baby and thinking I'm going to be a bad mom. I was like, holy fuck. Like, you know, this, it was beautiful to have this version of pregnancy in my head that I'd always imagined. But the reality was so different that it was so shattering for me. I found it really mentally difficult. And I was in a lot of emotional turmoil. And still I'm experiencing emotional turmoil, of course. It hasn't just gone away. It's definitely feeling like I'm coming to the end of it and kind of moving into whatever the second trimester has in store for me. But it, it, it's really, 
was a big wake-up call for the perception I have or had of pregnancy. And, you know, I did, don't get me wrong, I knew that it wasn't always all going to be easy and, you know, rainbows and butterflies. But there wasn't one part of me in my heart or in any part of my being, I don't believe any fragment of me thought that I would ever question my pregnancy or not be able to feel like I could connect with my baby or question my relationship or, you know, all of these things. And I just can't imagine having that experience and not having anyone to speak to about it because you're in your 12 weeks and you're not allowed in quotation marks or we shouldn't or it's not the norm or not what we do or whatever and I just want to normalize like I reached out to mamas that I'd supported mamas that I know that I'm good friends with and we spoke about it and nearly every single one of them said to me, I questioned, I questioned all of the things. And I was so shocked that no one had ever told me this before, that I'd never heard this before. And I realised that actually a lot of the mums that I work with, I start working with them in the second trimester. And yeah, we talk about how the first trimester was and, you know, they might say, oh yeah, a bit difficult, has a lot of nausea, but now I feel like this. And it actually never crossed my mind to dive into what else had come up if there hadn't been, you know, an opening or an open sharing for it immediately. And, you know, of course, you speak to people that have had babies and their closest remembrance was the postnatal. Before that, it was the birth. Before that... It was the first trimester before that, it was finding out. Before that, it was conception. So you can see how we lose these parts of the story as time goes on and they lose, as I said before, their kind of, their intensity or their charge. But I found this so difficult that I know that other mums are experiencing it or their pregnant mummies, mummies-to-be are and will have this experience so I just wanted to share this to normalize it and be like (laughs) this can happen and it's okay it really really is okay and I really believe that we are having the experiences and allowing all of these stories to come up now so that we can clear them for when our baby's here and it's almost like it's our baby calling us forward into the mother they need us to be so pregnancy is like a purging and a healing journey and we get to get support for that. You know, it doesn't mean you have to tell everyone, but I really would urge anyone to reach out and receive support. And it doesn't mean that because you've done it once, every other pregnancy is going to be easy and you've done it before, so you know what to do. And, you know, even if it's your sixth or seventh child, we get to get support and... Yeah, it's just recognising how deep the conditioning goes 
if you've listened to my podcast or know of the work that I do in this world, you will know that how strongly I feel about women being able to trust their bodies. And one of the first things that I thought was, yeah, I know loads of other people can give birth, but I'm, what if my body's different? That was one of the first questions, the first thoughts that came into my head. And I saw it and was like, wow, fucking hell, this conditioning that we hold as women and our inability to birth our babies or carry our babies is so fucking deep. And, you know, I've been in the birth room quite a bit. I've seen women birth without medical professionals numerous times without any, with wild pregnancy and free birth or unassisted birth. And still, I had that question arise. What if my body can't? What if there's something wrong with my baby? And it literally made me laugh because I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> it really is so deep. The story that we hold and, you know, it's a journey, absolutely a journey of unconditioning and deconditioning and, you know, absolutely, I'm diving into that journey, but it's not a a quick fix. It's not an overnight thing. And we, I, can't, I just can't stress it enough that you get to get help. You get to have support because this is one of the biggest journeys you will ever go on in your life, ever. No matter how many babies you've had or plan to have the biggest journey, the biggest mental test, the biggest opportunity to start being a mother to yourself. You're practicing mothering now. I am practicing being a mother now for myself. And I did also, did the classic thing, like, oh, I was getting a lot of cramping when I was having implantation. I didn't have any implantation bleeding but I was getting cramping and I had a lot of cramping on one side and it moved to the other side, but it was mainly on one side. Well, convinced myself I was having an ectopic pregnancy. I'd never even thought about it in my life before. Have convinced myself. And what did I do? Did exactly the thing that I tell all mamas not to do. Straight on Google. And... <laughs> I could see what I was doing in my head. I was like, why am I doing this? This is a terrible idea. But that part of me that was searching for that reassurance was like, oh no, I'll just look, I might find something to reassure me. And actually all I needed to do was come into myself, into my truth and drop behind the stories to the true part of me that doesn't change. And for me, what I found really helpful throughout this time was having the support. I'm very lucky to have a very supportive partner and beautiful sisters around me that truly can hold space without projecting their opinions or giving me unsolicited advice, who really have just been hearing me and holding me and, you know, helping me make food. If I've had resistance to make food and they've made food for me, cups of tea I had a sister come around yesterday and do reiki on me and 
held my womb and she held me as I cried and you know just that really deep holding and I'm very lucky to have that and I know not everyone does have that but it's not too early to reach out for doula support it's never too early you might just think oh gosh well what's the point because you know I'm not even in my second trimester yet and doulas are only for birth no no just no (laughs) reach out even if it's to family, friends, even if you don't want to share it with too many people, just a close friend that you can really trust that's really going to be able to give you some time and space and support to journey through what you're experiencing. Because every day is so different as well. It really is. And and I might be telling you things that you already know. I might, you know... I just hope that someone finds this helpful because that every pregnancy is different. There is no right or wrong. You don't, you know, I wish women, more women knew that you don't have to straight away rush to the doctors and then go and see a midwife. You get to just sit with it and let it land. I haven't even told all of my family yet that I'm pregnant because I've wanted this slow journey and allowing it to integrate within myself before I express it to the world and you know start including other people in my story and you know I haven't told anyone how many weeks I am pregnant because I didn't want to share my due date um I guess it's just really knowing that you can take your time to feel in what is best for you what feels good for you, not underneath the, not the, in the fear stories or the thought, mind, conditionings and all of that, but deep within you, what is your truth, what is going to save you in this pregnancy right now and if you need to take two months to land into your pregnancy, to feel pregnant and to feel grounded in that and anchored, then fucking do it. Like, please take this as a permission slip. Also, (laughs) I have to pause there because I need to burp. I can't tell you about the gas issues that have been going on. Has anyone else had gas issues during pregnancy? I'm like, either farting, burping with my fucking smelly armpits. Like, it's my partner. Oh my God, it's the most unattractive thing ever. So funny. So, and it's beautiful as well. It's not all heavy but it is hard there's also this beautiful knowing of I'm carrying life my baby chose me my baby has come to me for a reason they are calling me as much as I called them if you did call them in and it unfolds exactly how it's meant to even if that's different than what we would like it to be so this is just a shout out to all of my mamas all of the mamas out there who are journeying through their first trimester or had a difficult first trimester and I just want to say I hear you I see you it's fucking it's gonna get easier this will get easier and 
I'm sending so much love and would love to hear any of your thoughts, experiences in your first trimester, what helped you, what didn't. Also, want to speak to some things that did help me as a set of words. Um, listening to podcasts about the shamanic and spiritual elements of pregnancy have really helped me actually come out of the physical experience and out of the mental and emotional experience and into the spiritual and energetic have really helped me drop into my pregnancy, having support and also giving myself fucking permission to rest if I need to rest or not being too hard to myself when I can't eat all the broccoli in the world or yeah, we don't need enough broccoli and we've got enough farting going on. But, yeah, just being kind to myself and not comparing my pregnancy to other people's because what we see on Instagram and what we see and hear about, you know, when people find out that they're pregnant and that might be some people's experience, but also it's... It's not everyone's and most people will experience difficulties in their first trimester. So let's just normalise that and yeah, know that you don't have to wait in silence for 12 weeks if you don't want to. And I'm sending so much love and yeah, I'll speak to you all soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Way of the Womb podcast. If this episode resonated with you and if you enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot and share this on your social media. Tag me at Beck Wallace Birthkeeper and drop me a message. Let me know how you found it. And if you feel called, please feel free to leave a review. It just helps other people to find the podcast so that we can build community and gather together. Thanks so much. Sending all the love.